Blog Talk Radio. Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is Friday. It is February the 7th, 2020. My goodness gracious. We've got a whole month behind us into this new year, this new decade, and, and things are humming right along. The world has gone mad. Um, glad you're along for the ride. Always great to catch up with you at the end of the week, and there is so much to catch up on. Those of you who are familiar with me know my routine. I'm a former INS senior special agent. And since 9-11, I've been determined to provide my unique perspectives acquired during my 30-year career with the old Immigration and Naturalization Service to sort out uh, the immigration crisis, which really is a major element of nearly every challenge and threat that we face. Not to say that immigration is a problem. It's the way that immigration is and is not being dealt with that is the problem. We are certainly a nation of immigrants, for example, but we most definitely are not a nation of trespassers. Uh, I'm first-generation American. I have no problem with people coming to America from anywhere in the world. I don't care where, as long as they won't hurt us, won't bring dangerous diseases, won't take Americans' jobs, won't engage in crime or terrorism. What is wrong with that? That, in fact, is what our immigration laws are all about. Yet, incredibly, the lunatic left, aided and abetted and encouraged and egged on by the globalists of every political stripe who don't give a damn about America, its citizens, or the future of our nation, but only about how much money and uh, power that they can amass, seek to take down the borders and stymie any effort at meaningful, fair, but effective immigration law enforcement. Crazy stuff. Um, you know, you would think that these politicians never read the 9-11 Commission report. Perhaps they did not. Most of them don't even have the ability or the decency to read legislation that they vote on. They expect to have their 26-year-old staffers who got Ivy League educations to do the heavy lifting for them so they could attend parties and, most importantly, dare I say, fundraisers, fundraisers, uh, which, to me, really – means accepting bribes. No other way of saying it. Uh, you know, as a federal employee, I was not allowed to accept so much as a cup of coffee or a glass of soda. And these folks are out there raking in the cash. Uh, do you think maybe the people that write the checks have expectations of, uh, boy, I hate to use the term, quid pro quo? Speaking of quid pro quo, uh, happy to report, as we all know, that the uh, impeachment trial is over. God knows, hopefully forever. But when I look at those nitwits that were behind it in the first place, I think this was a huge miscarriage of justice. That's not to say that Trump did everything perfectly properly. Nobody does. Nobody does. I, I had a, a really terrific boss back at the INS <clears throat> who had been the head of internal affairs for the New York City Police Department. He became the head of internal affairs for INS. He was a lawyer. He became a mentor to me, Walter Connery, and he was of the belief, that, as he put it, you can indict a ham sandwich. I think it may have been Dershowitz or perhaps Walter who had said that if you follow somebody around for an entire day, you'll probably catch them committing a minimum of three felonies. This is a game of gotcha being played for a political uh, purpose, for a political end. Stymie Trump, stymie his agenda make certain that the issues that are of great significance to Americans are not dealt with, although, and again, we come back to collusion, hate that word, but here we are, during the last year, at least three god-awful immigration bills flew through the House of Representatives without a hearing, without an amendment, without press coverage. Amnesty for farm workers, uh, more high-tech visas, and so forth. This isn't in America's best interest. This isn't in the best interest of American students or American workers, but this is what passes now for business as usual. President Trump is the first president, perhaps since Eisenhower, 
who understands the necessity for sovereignty. And when he raises that word at the U.N., three-quarters of the people in that room cringe. Sovereignty. How dare you? Sovereignty is not xenophobia. Sovereignty says we have our laws. We're Americans. We have a constitution. And we will abide by the laws of our nation, not by the laws of the world. Yes, we interact with the world. We do. And no one's going to say that you could be an isolationist, not in this era of jet planes and the Internet. That would be foolhardy. But we are entitled to sovereign borders and the authority to determine which aliens, if any, will be admitted into the United States, just the way that we as individuals have absolute authority to keep strangers out of our houses, out of our apartments, out of our offices. Trespassing is a serious crime. And I know Chuck Schumer agrees with me, but just about five or six years ago, he proposed federal legislation that would make trespassing on critical infrastructure or national landmarks a five-year felony. Right on, Chuck. But then he said, basically, that when aliens trespass on America, enter without inspection, forget this undocumented crap, well, now they've, been, they've become entitled to U.S. citizenship. <clears throat> By the way, and I'm going to say this every time I get in front of a microphone till it sinks in, please, I beg you, I beseech you, do not use the term political correctness. Throw it out the window. Shred it. Put it in the garbage can. Leave it at the curb for collection on Monday morning. There's no such thing. The misuse of language to confound understandings and honest discussion has nothing to do with being polite because the term politically correct creates this illusion that we're going to be polite and courteous and compassionate and decent and sympathetic. We should be. Those are virtues that we aspire to. Those are the virtues that if we're decent mothers and fathers, we instill in our children to be compassionate and fair and understanding and respectful. So when people say, well, we're just being too PC. No, you can never be too respectful or too polite, but this has nothing to do with politeness. It's about altering the language so that people misunderstand the issue. Eliminate the words, you eliminate the thoughts the words represent. Right out of George Orwell in 1984, and let's not forget that Orwell also very brilliantly noted that in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. So let the revolution begin, because that's all that we will do on this program is tell the truth, kind of like the old Bud Collier program, if you remember that, if you're old enough. In fact, I had the pleasure of meeting Bud Collier twice when I was a young boy, uh, and he even took us out for ice cream uh, sodas uh, in Manhattan um, at uh, Howard Johnson's, another name out of the past. So we will tell the truth in this program, and as I used to like to tell the bad guys that I was about to interrogate as they stood there with their lawyers, I would always remind them that there is, after all, only one version of the truth. So let's get started. You know, last week, I talked about um, the coronavirus and the Chinese travel ban, and I contrasted the Chinese travel ban with what has come to be referred to as President Trump's travel ban, and they bear no resemblance. The travel ban in China is really banning travel. They've shut down train lines and bus lines and airports, and they've shut down movie theaters, tens of thousands of movie theaters, shuttered, factories, closed, people told, stay in your house. Do not go anywhere. Folks, do not go anywhere as a travel ban. What President Trump implemented was an entry restriction, the way we look through a peephole and decide, yay or nay, should we let a stranger into our home? It's not a travel ban. Trump, really, sometimes his own use of language becomes his own worst problem. He is now calling it a travel ban. It's not. And then the emphasis, Muslim-majority countries. That's not what this is about. Indonesia was never on the list. Indonesia is the most populous Muslim-majority country on the planet. So President Trump's goal was to keep Muslims out of the United States. He's doing an incompetent and inept job. No, this is about keeping out people whose visas can't be properly issued because we can't vet them. And, in fact, on January 31st, President Trump announced that five more countries would be added to the list, not a total ban on the issuance of visas, but 
certain categories of visas, immigrant visas, for example, would not be issued. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. Either you let people in or you don't, because once they're here, it's easy to get lost. Lost in America, never to be seen again. We've had tens of thousands of foreign students get lost in America, thousands of whom, by the way, had a nexus to terrorism. So if we had an effective immigration system, and if we had tens of thousands of immigration agents, and if we had no sanctuary cities, then this would be okay. But the point is that once aliens enter the United States, lots of, look, lots of luck looking for them. Uh, in that game of hide-and-seek, they hide, and ICE has no resources to, speak, to seek. So anyway, the president does this. And it's on the same day, and I'm, I've written an article for Front Page Magazine, frontpagemag.com. I presume it will be out either uh, midnight or, or 1 o'clock in the morning on Monday or Tuesday, but I'm, I'm quite certain it will be published in the next couple of days. And, and, and so the president said, I'm doing this, or the administration spokespeople said, we're doing this because we can't vet these people. It was Nigeria and four other countries. And immediately Nancy Pelosi came out. And said what the president is doing is illegal, what the president is doing is un-American, what the president is doing is going to undermine national security. This woman doesn't even have a passing acquaintance with the truth. I I, I don't know. I I mean, I don't know if she lies because she's dumb or if she lies because she's pathological or if she lies because she plays us as Americans for damn fools. Keeping aliens out of the country who can't be screened does not undermine national security. Issuing visas to aliens who cannot be screened does undermine national security, something that Pelosi, I guess, would like to do. So the president said, we can't properly figure out who these people are. No visas. If they don't come here, they can't attack us, which basically was the gist of the opening paragraph to the official report, 9-11 report on terrorist travel. If you can keep the terrorists out, then they're not able to attack you. If you can keep burglars out of your house and not able to rob you blind, right? Same kind of a concept. This isn't difficult, not rocket science, maybe for Pelosi, maybe for some of her globalist cohorts. <clears throat> she said it was immoral and un-American. To do what? Protect us? I know she's going to throw around the Constitution, so let's go to Article 4, Section 4, that in essence says that the states are to be provided with a Republican form of government and shall be protected from invasion and domestic violence. I would argue that the entry of millions of people who have no authority to be here and have no inherent right to be here constitutes an invasion. How are you preventing an invasion with open borders? And now with this coronavirus, it's getting worse. It now turns out that China went after the doctor who first warned about it, you know, kill the messenger, and indeed he's dead. He was 33 or 34 years old, an ophthalmologist. Supposedly he contracted the coronavirus. Who knows, maybe it was um, encrusted on a bullet or something or a knife. I, I don't trust the Chinese government. China's idea of human rights and due process is kind of like North Korea, slightly light. I, I mean, they don't believe in in civil rights or due process or human rights, do they? And, and, and meanwhile, they're a communist country that George Herbert Walker Bush gave most favored trade status to. What could possibly go wrong with that? Bill Clinton ran on the promise that he would end most favored trade status for China. That never happened. Administration after administration kowtowed to China, and along comes President Trump and says, enough. What a thought. What a thought. The people that are committing espionage routinely so that the intelligence services refer to Chinese espionage as Chinese takeout. They manipulate currency. They do all kinds of shenanigans. They're operating in our hemisphere. They're scooping up uh, all sorts of natural resources around the world. They've created an artificial island in the South China Sea, which is completely illegal, to help give them what they think is some sort of claim to um, having control over the South China Sea, which is loaded with all sorts of natural resources. Baloney. President Trump stood up to them and said, no, not on my watch. This isn't happening. Of course, that doesn't help his popularity with the crooks in Washington. And there's no shortage of crooks in Washington, is there? Unbelievable. So we have that going on. But beyond the death of this brave and very talented doctor, apparently, 
we now have cruise ships being prevented from entering at port in the United States and then people taking off the ships and being put immediately into quarantine. Airplanes coming from China, the people being put immediately in quarantine. You had last week, and I wrote about it, Cory Booker and Senator Menendez from New Jersey insisting that Newark International Airport screen passengers for the coronavirus. Okay, I get it. We don't want people to get sick and die. That's not a good outcome. Did anybody send them the, me- the memo that says that when aliens run the border, when they enter without inspection, not only do we not have a record of their entry, <clears throat> not only do we not have an opportunity to prevent their entry, <clears throat> we don't have an opportunity to screen them for the coronavirus. So we're doing all of these things at seaports and airports, but when aliens run the border, it all goes to hell in a handbasket, and they could care less. Now, are they that stupid, or are they playing us for damn fools? If you believe that this is a threat, to public health, and I think it is, then border security has never been more important. Let's remember that Ellis Island was a quarantine station. At the time of its completion, it was the largest hospital complex in the entire United States of America. Ellis Island was not run by Customs Service. Ellis Island was run by immigration and public health. Keep out aliens with dangerous communicable diseases. That's the first item of exclusion of the current immigration law. It can be found in Title Eight, United States Code, Section 1182. Aliens who are mentally ill, aliens who are criminals and spies and terrorists, human rights violators and fugitives from justice, aliens who would likely become a public charge and displace American workers, aliens who engage in drug smuggling and human trafficking, all to be kept out of the United States, not based on race, religion, or ethnicity, but based on either diseases or their actions. What's wrong with that? What in the world is wrong with that? Well, you're going to find out momentarily, and I didn't even know about it. To be honest with you, it's hard to keep up with all the garbage that's going on. I sometimes feel as though I'm standing under Niagara Falls with an eight-ounce water glass trying to capture all the water. Tucker Carlson talked about a, a new immigration bill that has been brought up in the House in December, the New Way Forward Act. New Way Forward over the cliff, my backside. New Way Forward. New Way Backward. It would basically end immigration law enforcement. It would make unlawful entry into the United States a non-issue. Run the border, it doesn't matter. Well, it's interesting because back in 2015, I wrote an article, Immigration Law Enforcement, Why Bother? Because I talked about how few people who were here illegally were being caught, how under the Obama administration, we created a nightmare in the immigration system that it was melting down. And tongue-in-cheek, I said, why bother? Well, I guess the Democrats and the globalists and whoever else saw that and said, hey, what a great idea. Why bother indeed? And when I did my research for the article, I found that $13.9 billion was being spent each and every year on Customs and Border Protection to interdict those people who would evade the inspections process, the mission of the Border Patrol, and to conduct the inspections at ports of entry. We also should be adding, I think, the cost of, pardon me, the consular offices who work for the State Department at embassies and consulates around the world to issue visas. Think about this. If it does not matter whether you come legally or illegally, why bother with the charade? Why not just let airplanes land at every airport, open up their doors, and discharge their passengers the way that a passenger coming from a domestic flight comes to an airport, grabs their suitcase, and heads for the doors? Because that's really what these lunatics want. Never mind what the 9-11 Commission had to say. Never mind the concerns about public health. Never mind that when you bring in tons of foreign workers, it drives down wages and drives up the cost of housing. Not a good outcome for Americans, is it? Especially Americans living in poverty. To have to compete for bottom-rung jobs with people who shouldn't be here in the first place. People who, by the way, every year send tens of billions of dollars out of our economy back to their home countries, back to their families, and I don't blame them. If I was in their situation, I would do it too. You have mayors and governors around the country saying, oh, we'll protect you. You're the good guys. They've actually changed some felonies into misdemeanors with the idea being that if an alien has a green card, they won't be subject to deportation if they violate those laws. Well, this new act goes even further. Gun running, drug trafficking, sexual assault. Now, the only way an alien could possibly get deported under the new way forward is if they commit a crime for which they're sentenced not to one year in jail, making it a felony, but five years in jail. Get sentenced to four years in jail, you're okay. 
uh, get involved with, with gun running, drug trafficking, that's fine. Use fake documents, ah, who cares? You know, the 9-11 Commission determined that the 9-11 hijackers, and the 19 9-11 hijackers in the aggregate used over 360 false names or variations of false names. <clears throat> so you have Governor Cuomo and other governors deciding to give illegal aliens whose identities can't be verified driver's licenses. And if that's not crazy enough, to block DMV information from immigration law enforcement. So the president acted appropriately this week and said, okay, you as a New Yorker with a New York driver's license will not be able to participate in the trusted traveler program and global entry because we can't verify who you are. Cuomo immediately got in front of the cameras and said, oh, the president is playing politics with New York. He hates New York. Donald Trump is a New Yorker. It probably nauseates him as much as it nauseates me to see what these nitwits have done to this magnificent city and this magnificent state. And there's more that I will tell you about that you just won't believe. But stand by for that. But just remember, this is the bill. If you go to the little announcement at the beginning of my program, H.R. 5383, the New Way Forward Act, <clears throat> it, is, it has 30 co-sponsors. Every one of those co-sponsors needs to be voted out of office. They are asking America to commit an act of national suicide. During the State of the Union, whether you like President Trump or not, and that's not the issue, he enumerated the various crimes committed by illegal aliens in sanctuary cities who were in custody, turned loose, and went on to kill many people. One guy who shot up a whole bunch of places and he should have been deported, another one who killed a 92-year-old woman, a guy from Guyana, who physically assaulted his father, ice lodged detainer, they ignored the detainer, put him back out on the street, and within a couple of weeks he killed a 92-year-old woman for no other reason that it's not that she was in the wrong place at the wrong time, folks. She was in the wrong city at the wrong time. New York City. New York City. Hitting the skids. Bringing back the bad old days when we used to have 2,000 homicides per year. Crime is up 17% in just the first month of the year because criminals are no longer being held. And out on Long Island, now this is genius. Wow, look at what kind of criminal justice reform we've gotten. Some violent thugs from MS-13, and I'm very familiar with them. I was investigating them when they first reared their ugly heads here in New York State back in the early 90s. Well, there was a guy that was going on trial from MS-13, but under the new laws, he had every right to all sorts of information about the witnesses who would testify against him. That's kind of unbelievable, isn't it? But no problem. The trial probably will not go forward because the key witness somehow found himself dead, dead, killed, bludgeoned, right after his lawyer, the criminal's lawyer, the alleged criminal. we got to be careful here, folks. We don't want to offend murderers. We don't want to offend thugs. No wonder the politicians have an affinity for these people, though they're not even people. Neither. As soon as they knew who the guy was that was going to testify, he was taken out. You know, there's an interesting crime, and I plan to write about it. And, and, you know, for the longest time, I've been searching for the right way of explaining what a sanctuary city is. I've been trying to find a way to define the actions of the mayors and governors of sanctuary jurisdictions for all the harm they do. And a lightning bolt struck me, and it's called depraved indifference. Go look it up, depraved indifference. Depraved indifference. That is what's passing for political leadership in the radical left these days. Depraved indifference. Depraved indifference to America, Americans' national security, and the future of our children, and the future of their children. Depraved indifference. They are as guilty for the crimes of those that they are aiding, abetting, encouraging, and harboring as the criminals themselves, depraved indifference. There's no other way of describing it. We used to be fed this bold story, oh, the immigrants do the work Americans won't do. And by immigrants, we're talking about illegal aliens. Again, more Orwellian garbage, not political correctness, folks. Don't ever use it in my presence. I will be pissed off big time. Orwellian newspeak. Orwellian newspeak. So there's your Orwellian newspeak. Oh, they do the work Americans won't do. Yeah, we're too lazy and too stupid, right? And we vote for these imbeciles, and then they tell us how we're lazy and stupid. 
we must be for electing these these bozos. Now it's you know it's it's clear, okay. The veil of lies have been lifted. Everyone knows that we're now talking about serious criminals, drug dealers, rapists, child molesters, and, and guess who the politicians stand with? Not the victims. Oh no, they stand with the thugs. They stand with the thugs. You have a guy in custody who is raping little girls. You would think you'd want this guy deported to make the community safe. And by the way, who do you think the most likely victims are of transnational criminals? I, I can tell you. It's the members of the ethnic immigrant communities where they're living. And when you speak to these folks in those communities, they will tell you they came to America legally, hoping to get away from the corruption, hoping to get away from the thugs, hoping to get away from the violence, hoping to get away from the poverty. And it's followed them here. You know, I occasionally go into Manhattan to do TV appearances. I, I, I can tell you that I had a number of drivers tell me, and whether it was Latin America, China, Asia, wherever it was they came from, they said, you know, I came here 15 years ago. I came here 18 years ago. I came here 20 years ago. And if America was then what it has become now, I would not have come. Because your country is worse than the hellhole I came from. I actually had limo drivers tell me that. I also had a Russian driver tell me a couple of months ago that when he listened to a speech from Cuomo and then de Blasio, he and his friends from Russia, and he swore that he's here legally, God only knows, but he said almost all of his friends are illegal aliens and some ran the Mexican borders and some violated their visas. But they are convinced that if ICE shows up to arrest them, that all they have to do is call 911 and the New York City Police Department will arrest the ICE agent. I said, where the hell did you get that from? He said, well, if you listen to Cuomo, and if you listen to Mayor de Blasio, well, these, these agents are thugs. They have no right to do what they're doing, and the police will not help them in the least. And he says, I'm, he says my friends are convinced that if ICE knocks on the door, all they got to do is hold off until 911 gets called so that they can watch the police arrest ICE agents. I tried to explain to them that he could wait for that day until hell freezes over. He didn't believe me, and he said none of his friends believed that. And he said, in fact, almost every day more people from Russia, from his hometown, come to the United States giggling at how wonderful it is to be in New York because in New York you're safe from those evil ICE agent dirtbags. He didn't know that I used to be an INS agent. What do you think that did for my blood pressure on my drive into the studio? What does it do to your blood pressure as an American or as a lawful immigrant or as the child of immigrants who came to America, as is the case in my family for me? This is the bedlam that's being created in the name of fairness and justice. People wait to come to America. They do everything they're supposed to do. And then illegal aliens charge in. Many of them are criminals. Many of them are thugs. Many of them are preying on the immigrants and the ethnic immigrant communities. But we're told that if you want immigration laws enforced, somehow you're anti-immigrant. No, it's anti-immigrant to not enforce the laws because the immigrants are most likely to be raped, shaken down, extorted, and killed. If not here, then back in their home country if they don't play ball with the mobsters. And it's not just from Latin America. It's the Russian mob. It's Asian organized crime. It's the Israeli mob. It's the Italian mob. Every flavor of criminal and sociopath now sees this as open season, folks. Not a game. I spent half my 30 years chasing drug dealers and terrorists. We're now inviting them in. We're now inviting them in. If you want to talk about going the wrong way on a one-way street, this is it. This is it. And when the president called out these crooked politicians for it, they rolled their eyes. Nancy Pelosi's eyes were rolling around in her head. Wow, when he started to talk about sanctuary cities, how dare he go after those poor immigrants that only come here to kill and rape and sell drugs and guns and traffic in human beings. And it's remarkable because if you go to the website for New York State and New York City, what do they put up? Oh, we're against human traffickers. How better to be against human trafficking organizations than to obstruct the work of ICE, the primary federal agency charged with the responsibility of investi identifying, investigating, arresting, and putting out of business human trafficking organizations. Sure thing. Sure thing. 
No, they want those people to be trafficked here. That's the only conclusion you can come to. That is the only possible conclusion. And then you listen to the garbage that's being spewed. Um, you won't believe this one. You know, I, I, I look at the stuff, and, and it's really very difficult to believe what we're witnessing. Oh, and by the way, I have to make a point before I forget, and you'll see it in my article at Front Page Mag in the next couple of days. On the same day that President Trump said we have to tighten up the vetting process, an Iraqi judge, President Trump acted and the Justice Department issued a press release. This is January 31st, Justice Department press release. Fugitive wanted by Iraq for murder of an Iraqi, Iraqi police officers arrested in Arizona. The individual in question, Ali Yusuf Ahmed al-Nuri, is wanted for murdering those two police officers in Iraq, which happened several years before he was legally legally admitted to the United States as a refugee, by the way. Turns out, according to Iraq, he is also a leader in al-Qaeda. Been living in the United States for the last 10 years, according to some newspaper reports, running a driving school. The nexus between motor vehicles, driver's licenses, and terrorists are well established. How wonderful that we give driver's licenses to illegal aliens. So on the same day that it was announced that the United States was considering the Iraqi request for extradition for this guy, al-Nuri, presuming he did the things that he's charged with doing. These are allegations. We have to be clear. But if it's true, obviously the vetting process screwed up. So here we have a concrete example of a person who poses a threat. If he's in Arizona, you have to believe that maybe he's here not simply running from the long arm of the law in Iraq. I mean, there's many places in the Middle East he could probably go to. You have to wonder if he isn't here in support of terrorism one way or the other. So it all comes together, but Pelosi has the chutzpah or the stupidity or maybe both to say, oh, screening people who want to enter the United States undermines national security. Really? Pouring water on, 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 a, on, a, on a wood fire makes the fire worse? Is that how that works? You, you have wood burning. And, and you're going to dump water on it. But no, no, no dump the, don't dump the water on the fire because it's going to make the fire worse. Do you believe that, folks? Well, apparently Pelosi would believe that. She believes that being more careful and giving visas to people makes it more dangerous for us, more dangerous. And she says, oh, and, and the president acted illegally. Well, let's go back again. Title 8, United States Code, Section 1182F, that says the president, the president by himself has the discretion to, um, to, by proclamation, to order that any alien or all aliens be kept from the United States if the president determines that their presence would be detrimental to the interests of the United States. He alone has the authority to limit the entry uh, or restrict the entry of any alien, any class of aliens, all aliens, doesn't matter, immigrants, non-immigrants, the president has the authority, which is the authority that he's using now. But Pelosi gets up there and says, oh, he doesn't have that right. He's violating the law. What law is he violating, Nancy? Are you able to read? Maybe that was the reason she tore up the president's State of the Union address. She was frustrated because she couldn't read it, perhaps. And it's understandable. She's frustrated. You know, she had trouble with the big words, maybe. She certainly doesn't understand what laws mean. If she understood what the laws are, that's a hell of an excuse to attack the president for trying to protect us in a very dangerous era. Nobody has sounded the all clear where the war on terror is concerned. And no one has sounded the all clear on the coronavirus. And you can screen all the hell you want at ports of entry if aliens are running the border and getting into the United States. I guarantee you they're not being screened for anything because we don't even know they're here. And how many does it take to create an epidemic or a pandemic, God forbid? But she just goes out there and makes it up as she goes along. I guess uh, maybe Schiff was her mentor, or, or more properly her de-mentor. Look, this isn't the left-right issue. I don't give a damn if the politicians are with the Hopping Kangaroo Party. I expect, as a minimum, that anybody in elected office will look out for national security, public safety, and the Constitution of the United States. How in the world can you do that? when these are the actions and these are the statements being made by our supposed leaders. 
And believe me, I did not give George W. Bush a free pass. It's my understanding that when I testified before Congress, mostly during the Bush administration, and mostly called by the Republicans, by the way, people who had real integrity back then, uh, some still do. But back then, every time Bush said something outlandish, my phone would ring and they'd find myself in Washington within two weeks. And I was told that every time my name came up in the Oval Office, George W. would have a fit. I'd love to see a videotape of that. In fact, I'd run it on a loop and just giggle all day. See, I don't care what party these characters are with. I care what they do to our country, what they're doing to the future of our children. That's what I care about. We should all be caring about that. Don't tell me it's illegal for the president to deny entry to aliens whose identities, backgrounds, and ultimate goals are unknown and unknowable. It's deadly dangerous to do otherwise. It violates the findings and recommendations of the 9-11 Commission, to which I provided testimony, by the way, that I have a problem with. That's the issue. But it gets worse. You might think that's not possible. But it can be possible. And if you give me one moment, I will open up this, this article, and, and you just won't believe it. Okay, you're going to love this one. I heard this on the radio, and I almost fell out of my chair. There's a local newspaper called The City, but there's a bunch of other articles on the web. I just pulled this one up. And it says, <laughs> you got to listen carefully. This is not an Onion report. You know, The Onion is a parody. It's not real. It's like April Fool's Day all, all year long. This is not a parody. This is actually an article that was published on February the 6th. Yesterday, hot off the press. Ready for the headline? De Blasio's tiny houses plan for apartments in basement, basements, garages, and backyards. Did you just hear what I said? Did you did you catch this one? De Blasio's tiny houses plan for apartments in basements, garages, and backyards. You can't make this up. This is the Twilight Zone. And no, Rod Serling was not the reporter who wrote this news report. Let me begin reading this to you because you read it and you say, oh, my God, what in the world is going on? Here we are from the article. The de Blasio administration wants to make it easier for homeowners to legally add apartments and basements atop garages even in backyard tiny houses like sheds, folks. Sheds. Think about that. To boost affordable housing. How is it that this is what you need to do for affordable housing? Well, first of all, you have no idea how many people are living in New York. And probably half of the residents of New York City are illegal aliens. How comforting is that? 19 hijackers on 9-11 killed more people than we lost to the entire Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941. And the death count continues from 9-11. The death count continues. People dying terribly, suffering terribly because of the toxins they were exposed to when the towers collapsed. So we don't even know who's here. We have no idea. We're clueless, and we don't want to know. The congestion on the highways is unbearable. The rush hour begins at about 4 a.m., and it ends at 3.59 a.m., constant rush hour you can't get there from here you can literally take you hours to go 10 miles from brooklyn into manhattan if you happen to be stuck in a traffic jam actually it's more likely to be stuck than not be stuck think what that does to pollution okay so you have saw all these people looking for apartments driving up the price of apartments Wages going down because most people now are happy if they can make $15 an hour, which works out to $30,000 a year. Lots of luck living on $30,000 a year. And de Blasio is complaining that financially New York is in deep trouble. Sure, everyone's on welfare. They're bringing their kids to school. And we hear the lie, well, these people pay taxes, don't they, Mr. Cutler? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They pay taxes. They're making $30,000 a year. And if they go out to buy a new pair of sneakers or sweatshirts, they pay tax. If they put a child in the public school system, that child probably requires $30,000 worth of education in public school. Junior high is more. High school is more. And they want to give free in-state tuition to illegal aliens. Where is that money coming from? 
where does the money come from? And by the way, illegal aliens can file an earned tax credit, which means they can claim to have children back home, and IRS will give them money. It's not really a tax refund. It's welfare. And believe me, no one's hopping on airplanes to see if the guy that says he has 12 kids living in the Dominican Republic really has 12 kids living in the Dominican Republic. He fills out the thing, and the IRS looks at it. They go, well, he's got 12 kids. Boom, here's your check for, you know, whatever the thousands of dollars are. But people always say, well, aren't they paying paying into Social Security? Let me tell you, we're being taken to the cleaners. Mexico last year got well over $30 billion money wired out of the country by their workers working illegally in the United States, according to some estimates. And that's just the legal money that we know about. Because we have, track, we have a way of tracking remittances. There's no way of tracking money that's smuggled out of the country. And then there's the drug trade, which is why El Chapo Guzman set up shop in New York City, the city with huge numbers of illegal aliens and, and uh, zero cooperation with ICE, the thugs, as Cuomo calls ICE agents. Unbelievable. So now we're going to have people living in basements, living in sheds, living over garages, New York is going to begin looking more like Calcutta than the Big Apple in short order. Unbelievable. And and so let me continue this on. The key to unlocking more housing for New Yorkers is just below our feet. Where? In the subway gratings? Mayor de Blasio said in a statement, legalizing basement apartments will give homeowners a new way to make ends meet and give thousands of New Yorkers an affordable place to live in a basement. That's a great way to raise a child, isn't it, in a basement. He's expected to formally announce the effort Thursday during his State of the City address at the American Museum of Natural History. I'm so glad he's going there because I've been told that there's an exhibit that they just opened at the American Museum of Natural History. Next to the T-Rex and the Stegosaurus is 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 an exhibit on the American middle class that has gone extinct along with the dinosaurs. The New York middle class, just about gone and they're going to be on exhibit. So I hope he at least has the decency to stop by the the exhibit on the now extinct middle class in New York City. Unbelievable. And then it goes on and says the city plans to set aside $150 million in capital funds for the loans. Zoning changes would address rules that currently require additional parking spaces for new apartments in many residential areas, action that could take at least two years, the mayor's office indicated. So in other words, we're going to have more cars, less parking, more congestion, more pollution. And and what was the good news on this? Where where is the silver lining to this cloud? Does anyone see a silver lining? I don't. The new dwellings could even include tiny homes in the backyard, city officials said, although they didn't offer details. What are we going to do? Go to a toy store and buy a a, a dollhouse and have – you know, short people live in them. I mean, this is insanity. Insanity. Tiny homes in the backyard. Tiny. You know, I'm sitting here reading this, and I have to tell you, I'm a native New Yorker. I was born here, raised here, lived here my whole life. I now feel as though I've entered the twilight zone. Tiny homes in the backyard. Will Spizak of Chaya Community Development Corporation, a housing advocacy group. I, I love these advocates. I wonder what they advocate for. Said he was cautiously optimistic about the new de Blasio plan. Unbelievable. Crawling in East New York, de Blasio is looking to blaze ahead with a citywide effort, even as a three-year pilot uh, program testing the concept is barely off the ground in East New York and struggling to reach tenants who live in tenuous situations. And it's just unbelievable. The basement apartment conversion pilot program aims to provide small, low interest or forgivable loans, forgivable loans. Who's going to pay for the loan that doesn't get paid to up to 40 eligible low to middle income homeowners living in one, two and three family homes to help pay for construction work. Now, this is what I want you to think about, because no one's questioning this, I'm sure. To be okayed by the city department of buildings as habitable. The apartments must have a sprinkler system, ventilation, and windows, as well as at least two ways to exit in an emergency. Landlords must also have to abide by the affordable housing rule that cap rents 
at 30% of a tenant's income. Now, I want you to think about that statement. Uh, I have a two-family house. I used to rent it out. No more. I had too many tenants, do too much damage. I'm still living in my old house, but I occupy the entire building. I don't need the headache of a tenant. It's difficult, it's not impossible, to evict a tenant who destroys your apartment, fails to pay the rent, and so forth. Okay? New York is notorious. In some cities, you don't pay the rent. Within 10 days, the city marshal comes, and your, and your belongings are out on the street. In New York, it could take a year. And meanwhile, you've got a landlord with a private house, and he's getting no rent, but he's got people on his property. I mean, this is madness. You have to be out of your mind to want to own a two-family or three-family house in New York City. But think about what this says, because this is the kicker here, folks. When I saw it, you know, bells went off. See how this works for you. To be okayed by the city department of buildings, I'm reading this to you again, as habitable, the apartments must have a sprinkler system, ventilation of windows, as well as at least two ways to exit an emergency. And this is the key sentence. Landlords also have to abide by the affordable housing rules that cap rent at 30% of a tenant's income. Normally, you say to somebody, I have an apartment, it's going to be $1,000 a month, take it or leave it. Now you're going to have to say to the guy, how much do you earn? And the guy's going to tell you. And you will be limited to 30% of that guy's gross income. What happens if that guy loses his job and he comes to you one day and says, hey, Mike, You know that job I had? I don't have it anymore. I'm not making any money. Well, what's 30% of zero? Zero. So I have to presume that if this happy landlord finds out that his wonderful tenant, who plays a stereo with supersonic volume at 4 in the morning and uses all the hot water and blocks his driveway, oh, I've had these tenants. Trust me. You have no idea. The guy comes to you and says, oh, I lost my job. Now you're going to have to let him stay for free. I mean, that's what it seems to say, because the affordable housing rule caps rents at 30% of a tenant's income. If the tenant has zero income, 30% of zero is zero. Do you get the sense that we don't even recognize our own country anymore? Have you gotten into an Uber and tried to have a conversation lately and found out that you weren't speaking the right language? And I'm not being xenophobic, but I know my dad, who was born in America, my mother came from Poland, the head of the Holocaust, as a 13-year-old, but my dad told me he was not allowed to speak Yiddish or Russian or Romanian at home. He had to speak English. He told me that his, his father, my grandfather, I was named for my father's father and my mother's mother, but his father told him that first job you have coming to America is to learn English. My mother came as a 13-year-old, lived in a rooming house by herself, and supported herself by making $3 a week in a sweatshop umbrella factory. $3 a week. I mean, money was different then, but believe me, $3 a week. Think about it. Her first order of business at age 13 was to learn English. Where did that go? I get into an Uber. I'll see a neighbor walk by me on the block. I say, good morning. And the guy looks at me with a strange look like, huh? Huh? And that's half my neighbors now. And I've been living on this block since I was a kid. Good morning. Well, that's the answer you get. We have people living in basements, living in Lilliputian housing, miniature housing. Just add water, the walls grow. I, I guess these houses will be like chia pets. You know, in the rain, maybe they get bigger. God only knows. If I sound frustrated, I'm more than frustrated. We're taking this country and trashing it so that the very wealthy can become very wealthier. Where is the American dream when housing is so unaffordable that people that own houses are even thinking about putting people in their basements and garages to live? What is this? What what do we call this meltdown? And if you dare suggest that this has to stop, you are the bad guy. You are unreasonable. And then they come forward with this, the way forward act, so that aliens who rape and assault people and sell drugs and guns, guns in New York City, you would think New York would say, wow, this guy sold guns. They hate guns in New York, don't they? 
You could be a gun runner in New York, but they will protect you from evil ICE agents. I guess you can go out and sell more guns so they can complain more about the guns that you're selling. Or maybe if you're an illegal alien and sell guns, you get a pass. But if you're an American and sell guns, then you're in deep trouble. I'm trying to understand the dynamics here. It's not working for me. It's not working for me, not even a little bit. If you have one opportunity to make a first impression, the immigration laws provide that first impression for people all over the world. Those are the laws they know they're going to encounter when they come here. We've sent a very clear message to everybody everywhere that in America we are so corrupt, so stupid, so inept, so screwed up, that not only will we ignore your violations of law, we will reward you. We will take care of you. We will protect you. Come to America, commit all the crimes you want, and we will declare you to be a hero. Welcome to the Wild West. Or is it the Wild West side? At some point, at some point, we the people need to make the politicians accountable. This isn't left-right. I have big problems with both political parties, the globalists and the Chamber of Commerce, the Chamber of Horrors, and all these other bums who could care less about American children, like the actors and actresses that go halfway across the world to adopt a child, halfway across the world. You have American children, minority kids, white kids, doesn't matter. I don't see color. I see children living in foster care who would give anything, anything for a permanent home. But no... These elite actors and actresses have to go to some country where you can't even pronounce the name of the country, let alone spell it. And then they come back and say, I've adopted my son. I've adopted my daughter. Oh, wait a minute. You probably couldn't say that anymore because those are gender specific. And this is the day of gender. Who knows? We've lost our minds. We've lost our minds. But I always remember the words of my parents. And I remember my father telling me when I was a kid, and I complained about how some of my friends were being very unfair, I thought. And he sat me down and he said, Mike, he said, you know, first of all, my father, as he would describe it, was good natured to, uh, to an excess. My mother said that he was foolish because he would literally give people the shirt off his back, but they wouldn't reciprocate and that he would be upset about it. But he said to me, Mike, you have to understand that you have the power to teach people how they should treat you by demonstrating what you're willing to accept. We keep electing these crooks. We keep electing these sociopath politicians who couldn't hold down a real job if their lives depended on it. They screw us over. They make a mockery of our laws. They stand there and ignore children being killed and raped by gang members, by drugs. They don't care. They don't care. When the president said we're going to end sanctuary cities, you ought to see that look on Pelosi's face. She was uglier than normal. Unbelievable. How could anyone argue against removing from our streets people who rape children, people who sell drugs, people who commit other violent crimes? And now we're giving the information to the criminals about the people who are going to testify against them so they can kill them before there's a trial. And I guess that's one way of clearing up the docket in the courts. Get the witnesses killed. There's no trial. You can move on and we can put these people back on the streets so they can ply their trade some more. I mean, I don't know what to make of this. Maybe the funeral home industry is lacking business, so they've asked the politicians to figure out a way to send them more dead bodies. Because that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's what passes for representation today. We've lost our minds. We have absolutely, positively lost our minds. We must take control of the political system by voting, by reaching these politicians, by attending town hall meetings, even making contributions to politicians in other cities because you have a sanctuary in New York, that doesn't protect you if you're living in Omaha, Nebraska, because once you get a license in New York, you can go anywhere in the United States and do whatever you want. The terrorists flew around the United States looking for the places where they can most easily get driver's licenses and other ID as a method of concealing their movements and their identities. In fact, the terrorists were trained at the Al-Qaeda training camp that they had to leave that camp with a minimum of five false identities. 
New York State, New Jersey, California, and others should be given the MVP award from ISIS, Al-Qaeda, the drug cartels, and the assorted flotsam and jetsam that preys on innocent people, including women and children. This is where we are today. I'm not making it up. Go to the ICE website. Look at all of the instances of thousands of aliens with criminal histories where detainers were ignored and aliens put back on the street so they could kill and rape and do more damage. How does anybody justify this? How does anybody justify this? We need to call these people out. We need to reach out to the news media, make it clear that not only won't we watch their programs, but we will boycott their sponsors. Tell the truth or get off the air. There's only one version of the truth. You want to do an editorial? That's fine. Everyone's entitled to an editorial. I'm doing an editorial in addition to providing you with facts. But let's start with facts. When Nancy Pelosi says it's illegal for the president to issue a proclamation to limit the entry of aliens, that is a bald-faced 100% lie. It's a falsehood. It doesn't even have one molecule of truth embedded in it. It is 100% toxic lie. And she gets away with it constantly, and the media never challenges her. There is no fact-checking. People don't know what to believe. People have become polarized by a media that divides and conquers. They do polls and surveys not based on education or income or whether or not people have children or how old they are or whether they live in cities or farms. That's reasonable. They divide us up demographically by race, religion, and ethnicity. Black voters want this. Latino voters want that. Really? As Americans? That's baloney. Or as President Trump said, bullshit. Chuck Schumer said he was offended by vulgarity. If Schumer's offended by vulgarity, he has to get rid of the mirrors in his house. And he has to stop listening to his own words. Although I suspect he doesn't hear his own words anyway. Because let's not forget it was Schumer who said that trespassing should land someone in jail for five years unless it's an illegal alien who trespasses in America. Then the guy should get a United States citizen, uh, get U.S. citizenship and a U.S. passport. I'm enraged beyond words, folks. You know, I used to say that the old INS was an agency in a state of freefall and bottom was elusive. That was when I was an optimist. Several years after that, I said, you know, bottom is illusory. There is no bottom. I'm convinced there is no bottom to the depravity of a supposed elected representatives. They will stop at nothing to undo America and undo the future that we thought was the birthright of our children and our grandchildren. And I hold each of us accountable. They are, after all, supposed to represent us. When we walk into a restaurant, we don't hold the menu to our foreheads the way that Johnny Carson did on The Tonight Show playing the mighty Karnak and expect that the waiter or waitress would figure out what we wanted to order. We were very specific. You know, I want a hamburger, medium well. I want a slice of cheddar cheese on it, whatever. And if it wasn't delivered the way we ordered it, we sent it back. And if that didn't work, we left. We need to be no less specific with our elected officials. But we need to have conversations with our neighbors. Calm, polite, respectful conversations. You know, Twitter has made that a lost art. We need to bring it back into vogue. Sit down for a cup of coffee and a piece of cake, and let's have an honest conversation. Let's celebrate the First Amendment. If there's no First Amendment, there's no freedom. These are all important issues for you to think about as we approach the weekend. I hope all of you have a wonderful weekend coming up. But really and truly, folks, you have got to get involved. Please try to engage your neighbors. Go to my website, michaelcutler.net, frontpagemag.com. You know, I do podcasts for Dennis Michael Lynch over at Team DML. Share those materials with your neighbors. Let it become the opening round in a conversation so that perhaps we can get back to the old notion of, uh, of having conversations among ourselves. Wouldn't that be a novel thought, that as Americans, we should all be having conversations? Uh, this is something that all of us really must do, folks. We have got to do it because so much is hanging in the balance. Um, and, you know, I always like to make the point that democracy is not a spectator sport. We have really got to get involved 
and, and it starts with each and every one of us. So, again, I, I hope that uh, you have a good weekend, and I also hope that you will sit down with your neighbors and, and have that conversation. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Uh, and, again, I look forward to seeing you again uh, right here on the uh, Michael Cutler Hour on uh, next Friday. Be well. <laughs>